You're listening to RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven, a podcast designed to help financial professionals remove the fear and anxiety around going independent. Let's go. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of RIA Collective. I'm your host, as always, Charlie Van Derven. Um, we've got a good show in store. Uh, I got a I got a guest that I'm 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 excited to bring on because he's got a good story. But not only that, I've known Brandon Fink for four, five, or six years, or gosh, Brandon, I don't even know how long. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so Brandon recently made a move. Uh, we don't worry about the previous firm, but he recently went to Claro Advisors, based out of Boston, Massachusetts, near Brandon's home. Um, and so we get to hear that story. Uh, we're going to talk about a mutual friend of ours, a new friend of ours, Scott Matasar. Uh, who is, I interviewed him yesterday. So, um, you know, he's a recent episode that came out, but what a wonderful resource for Brandon and for uh, and for other advisors who are looking at making a similar move. So I talk a lot, Brandon, you know that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to give you airtime. Brandon Fink, thank you so much for being my guest today on RIA Collective. I appreciate you taking the time. Man, I'm excited to be here. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to share this story because it's, uh, it's a story that I very much believe in going independent, going into the RIA world. Uh, it's been one of the best career moves I've ever made. I advocate other financial planners and broker-dealer land to make the move if appropriate. Uh, you know, business has just been phenomenal since I made the switch. So, you know, anything I can do to you know, help the advisory world uh, make decisions that, you know, are in the best interest of their families, their clients, their businesses, I'm all for it. That's awesome. And that's why we're here too, right? I like to say this because it's it's honest. Uh, like the podcast doesn't make any money. We're not trying to make any money. It doesn't cost all that much to produce a podcast, but I feel like it's getting the right word out there. I don't know if we're giving good advice, Brandon. Certainly you will. Certainly Scott did. Um, but more than that, maybe confidence, right? I mean, people who are... you. You you thought about this for a while. You and I were working together and it was it was part of our conversation pretty frequently. Yeah, you know, I I always envisioned. So I was, you know, eight years into my career, nine years in, you know, it was probably about 30 when I made the switch. I always knew I was going to end up at an RIA. That was yeah. always my vision. I understood the benefits. It it, it really was a question of when. Yeah. And it just got to the point, you know, I realized, you know, every single family that I brought on as a client, you know, every month, every quarter that I waited, it was just going to get more difficult. And there really was no better time to do it than now. And I'll talk about in the podcast, you know, some measurables you can look at to you know give you some clarity and confidence on if it's the right time and you know how to make the transition be as smooth as possible. But I think, you know, step one is being committed to the idea that I'm going to do this. And I think that was step one. You know, I was committed to be more independent. I looked at RIAs and independent broker dealers. Uh, and by the way, I did this with a phenomenal recruiter, Robert Noe with uh, Winthrop yep. and a good friend of mine. He's 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 been amazing. So shout out to him. Yep. You know, he introduced me to a lot of uh, different firms and, and we quickly realized I just had to go to an RIA. And, and Charlie, you even gave me some advice uh, at that point and said, look, Brandon, you're going to end up at an RIA anyway. So you might as well do this move once and do it right. So, you know, I became committed to joining an RIA, and then it was really a question of finding the right RIA. And then when I made the decision uh, to join Claro, then it really became preparation and getting ready to make that move and, you know, having that date in mind 
and just planning. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that day when, uh, I left, um, you know, that was, um, I had this, uh, LL Cool J song in the background, just, just to sort of pump me up. Um, LL Cool J bad. Uh, you know, I, I had that bumping in the background. I had, you know, like all my energy drinks, my coffee, like everything was just ready to go four o'clock on Friday. And I knew it was going to be a crazy weekend. Um, but it was an awesome weekend. Uh, so it was just everything I had been preparing for, for literally like eight months. It's, it's like, this was my moment and, uh, you know, it all worked out well. Yeah. Eminem song comes to mind there too. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Whatever it is, you know, but hype you up a little bit. Yeah, I love it, man. Let's let's talk about the prior for a second. I don't want to concentrate too much on sure. that, but you know, I know in our conversations, right? You were you 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 were you were focused on a very narrow niche, which was a yeah. passion passion of yours, um, athlete, athletes basketball specifically. Sure. You you uh, you wrote a book about it. Um, yeah. I mean, so you were really focused on a niche, and you know. Every niche is a little bit different, and certainly the way you communicate to people in different niches is going to vary. Yeah. Now, now, one of your big struggles, Brandon, and there were others, but one of the big struggles was in your previous iteration, you couldn't get in front of your audience. Compliance just didn't even allow you to be in the places that you know that captured the attention of the audience you were seeking. Yeah, it was a struggle, and um, you know, it was almost to the point, you know, from a client perspective. Uh, fiduciary always, but some of the marketing things I wanted to do, it, it literally got to the point. It's like, if I do these things, I might get fired. Um, and, and ultimately it, it held me back to a degree. I think the book's a perfect example. Uh, you know, I had an amazing piece that I wrote and, you know, probably took compliance three, four months to give the final approval on it. The yeah. problem was that was during COVID and there was a time where every single NBA player, this was before they went off and played in Orlando in the bubble, every NBA player was sitting at home. Uh, and I could have got this book to them and they would have been more receptive because they were just sitting on their ass. And I couldn't do that. Effectively, the book didn't come out till people were, were really coming out of their COVID shells. So the reality was the things I wanted to do, and these were were, were great marketing ideas, things yeah. in the best interest of my audience and, and, and my clients, the firm would either say no, or if it was a yes, it was a compromise yes, and a yes that would take many months to get to. So yeah. I needed uh, fast results when it came to compliance so that I ultimately could progress my business. And I wasn't getting that at my last firm. So some of that, of course, is FINRA, right? I mean, some yeah. of that is- some It's of that not is, a lot, man. It, it's just yeah, but, but, FINRA. Dude, listen, these like compliance firms are strapped. Yeah. And the more the more custom marketing becomes, and you know, we're pushing that as hard as we can at social advisors, but the, the more custom marketing becomes, the harder it is to work with a department that is notoriously understaffed anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the reason the build it once, sell it many time content companies out there uh, are, are successful is because they got compliance behind them because compliance doesn't want to have to review it more than once. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Um, I want to talk. Uh, so, so that being some of the reasoning, right, um, is is the pace of compliance and yeah. you know, firm restrictions, which are stricter than FINRA restrictions, which are strapped by not having the right staff in place. Um, what what brought you to Claro? Uh, why why was that? As as you and Robert and uh, and you and Scott were working together, why was Claro the answer? One of the things that stood out about Claro, I live in Boston. 
they have a downtown Boston office with advisors that go in every day. And I didn't want to be by myself. And I wanted to have camaraderie, idea sharing, collaboration with those that I work with. I wanted a group of like-minded individuals that could make me better. And the other firms I was talking to, like I would be the only Boston guy. I'd essentially be going into an office by myself every day. And, you know, Claro was not the only firm that had a, a, a lot of flexibility, great investment resources, an amazing platform, but they were the only firm that had all that and a dedicated Boston office that I could go into every single day. That was eight minutes walking from where I live. Cool. You know, we we recently went back to a hybrid model. We've been remote since COVID started. Yeah. So, so we re- and and you know what you lose while you're not interacting. Yeah. But you don't realize how badly that you know the the team needs that that in person that collaborative environment. So that's cool. Good reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm unapologetically uh, an in person guy. Uh, yeah. I just it's just easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's more fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and this is good. And you and I've you and I've had a chance to sit down and I think we had a lobster roll, maybe. Certainly there were yeah. a few beers exchanged. Absolutely. Uh, so we've had we've had that in-person time in Boston. Um uh, but yeah, I like it better, you know. Um and and you know, it seems like you get to you get to a Zoom meeting, right? And you know, you get down to business with most people. Yeah. If there if there's an in-person, there's a lot more of the socializing that happens in person that allows you to draw kind of those those, you know, some more parallels, perhaps. So absolutely. Absolutely. I dig, I dig it. Now, one of the things you said when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, um, you said culture is amazing. A couple of things you said, culture is amazing at Claro. You said age of the age of the people yes. you work with, right? I mean, it's a young culture, right? Very young, very young relative to the industry. I don't know the average age of our advisors, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was under 45. And what comes with that is people that want to grow, uh, people that are not looking to retire, uh, and just, uh, you know, a lot of fun camaraderie, uh, a young culture. Uh, You know, I think about those that are in the office on a daily basis, because we have some advisors that work remote, you know, we don't see them as much. I mean, you know, 41, 32, uh, early 40s. You know, we got a couple junior advisors in their mid to late 20s. Uh, and, and then more of the advisors that are working from home are probably over 40, but under 50. Uh, yeah. You know, that means something. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think it's, um, for, and first of all, not for nothing, right? You know, for those listening, if you're on the end of your career, it, it brings phenomenal succession opportunities. But at the same token, it's just, you have people that want to learn, they want to grow, high energy, just a great culture. Yeah. You said something that 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 I remember as well. And you feel like you can serve your clients without bias, right? Like yes. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not quoting you exactly, Brandon, but like the freedom to be who you need to be for your uh, for your clients. Yeah, absolutely. And and the last firm I was at, I could do that and and, and I'll I'll walk through but it wasn't necessarily celebrated, right? Like I I was not able to uh, take part in the company benefits. And that was fine because look, as a single guy, healthcare wasn't that expensive. Uh, you know, I could do a SEP instead of the company 401k. I missed the match, but 
it, it was more of a, uh, you know, coming to Jesus moment where it was like, well, if they're not even giving me benefits, they clearly don't give a shit about me. Right. So really it wasn't celebrated to, to always do what was in the best interest of your clients. I will tell you the group I was in, we did, but we definitely weren't getting any company benefits, uh, in that sense. Um, and there were some investment solutions that I really liked that my prior firm just would not allow. And when I got on the phone with the people that made those decisions, they couldn't give me an answer why it wasn't allowed. But the two things I took from it is one, they may not be compensated as much, uh, which I didn't like. And the second is they felt it was too complex, not for a CFP like me, but some of the advisors that uh, didn't take the time to get those designations and and you know really be the best advisor that they could be. So you know Michael Kitts has coined the term. I think it was like lowest common denominator compliance. They have to build a platform that your worst advisor can work within. And quite frankly, at Claro, if you're not a good advisor, like we're not taking you. So yes. yeah. there's a level of trust that every advisor is given because. We know what we're doing. We have our designations. Like we we master our craft. So we get that freedom because we've earned that freedom. I didn't have all the investment freedom that that my clients needed at my prior firm. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to speak to your prior prior firm at all, Brandon, but I'm gonna speak in generalities. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear over and over that that the big firms. Um, you know, like, uh, it's almost like the RIA, they want to make it out like the RIA is for those people who can't cut it at a large firm, a large, yeah. you know, multinational firm, right? Where you just said something very poignant, right? If you're not a kick-ass advisor, again, paraphrasing, not quoting, yeah. Clara's not going to take you, right? Like, yeah, it, is the, it is the antithesis. It is like the best advisors at a large firm are coming to firms like Claro where this this industry is evolving so quickly dude i love to see it it's so good yeah no it's it it, it really is the best of the best yeah yeah i i absolutely love it so i want to talk about right the uh, you got a great story um again we we certainly want to give advice but also confidence to those who are listening that sure. are thinking about this um i want to talk about some of the stuff that you did well cuz you uh you actually you i i would say you confided in me but i'm going to share it anyway um sure. you're like everybody came with even even right. some that i'm like i'm not sure that you know at the time you were you were stressed so you were taking yeah. every, every, every you know maybe some clients that maybe didn't were, shouldn't have come with yeah absolutely what what did you I, do to get that kind of transition i think it stems from amazing relationships with your clients prior to the move so if you're thinking about moving you have to ask yourself you know do my clients really love me uh and the number one thing I've always done, and it's not rocket science, is they get a lot of communication. I've always said, you know, there's a standard, you have your annual advisory meeting with your advisor. We do those three to four times a year. Now, granted, people say, well, Brandon, how do you do that? You know, that'd be so time consuming. It's like, look, your clients don't necessarily need an hour and a half meeting. In fact, they don't want an hour and a half meeting, but the value of every three months, a 20 minute conversation, text on their birthday, it means a lot. So we had really good, I had really good relationships. I say we, because my operations manager, Paul came with me. We had amazing relationships with our clients from the get-go, but it doesn't hurt to make sure you're on great grounds with them prior to the move. So we made sure 
before the uh, date in which we left that every single client got a review in the past month, two months, and that it was a thorough review. We were in good graces with everybody that we had a really good conversation with them. So having those relationships is very helpful because not only is it them coming, when they came, it was an emphatic yes, and they got the paperwork back quickly. You know, I think uh, you may experience some anxiety if th- they say yes, but it takes them a while, and you you go through that period where it's like, are they going to come? Are they not going to come? Um, our people came pretty quickly. There were a few people that gave us some surprise objections, but I had to listen to those objections. Like they hadn't heard of Claro. And then I had to remind them, we use Schwab and Fidelity as our custodian. So when you log in, you're going to see Fidelity because that's who we used for them. So, you know, conversations like that, um, there's always going to be people that need more conversations than you think. But ultimately, at the end of the day, people came pretty quickly. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I uh, yeah, I, I love the advice of, you know, having that review 30, 60 days out. Um, you know, re- reminding them who they're doing business with. And certainly it wasn't your, your former firm. Yeah. Uh, so that's and, awesome. Um, it's, it's trust, it's relationship, you know, yeah. it's, it, and, and it's maybe easier for you to see it as relationship, but as clients trust you, sure. you know? Yeah. I mean, ab- absent of the trust, the relationship doesn't exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? so that's, that's, that's a kudos to you and, you know, and, and Paul and, and the great things that you guys have done prior and now at, at Claro. Um, this is going to be a tough one for you because you, you had a really good move. And I talked to Scott, I know why you had a really good move, you know, just cause he's a solid dude. Um, so I'll, I'll let's plug him, man. Scott Mattisar at Mattisar and Jacobs, uh, yeah. was the attorney that, that Brandon worked with in his move. I don't know if I can even say that. <laughs> I don't think I, I mean, you guys are, you guys are both okay with it. You both have. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I yeah, look, Scott, I, I advocate for it. I I've introduced Scott to other people in transition. Yeah. If you're leaving your firm, I believe you should hire an independent attorney that understands this space. Um, and it, this is not legal advice. Uh, I'll preface, yeah, yeah. you know, but my, you know, my, I know some lawyers and I had some conversations with them and, and some of them said, well, Brandon, you want a Massachusetts lawyer because it's Massachusetts. A lot of the uh, rules and regulations in, in our industry are federal. So Scott's not in Massachusetts. That was fine. Effectively, he read the employment contract very thoroughly. So we knew what I could do and what I can't do. And from his, I don't know how many transitions he's done, you know, maybe hundreds, uh, you know, he could lean on his prior experiences. And, and yeah. you know, we did what we were allowed to do. And if we weren't able to do something, we didn't do it. Like we didn't screw around in that regard. So uh, he really read that employment contract. You know, we understood very thoroughly uh, what we were able and, and what we were not able to do. And, and we worked within the rules, but we knew the rules because Scott read it and I had an attorney on my side. And, and the other great thing about Scott, I got a little pushback when I left. We can talk about that and, and, and how to mitigate that because I have some thoughts, but if the firm comes back at you and they sometimes do, you want Scott on your side. And that had happened with uh, a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, Scott's a great dude, but he's not somebody to mess around with either. Uh, yeah. You know, he knows what's in your legal right. And if the other firm comes mm-hmm. back at you, you know, he, he will, he'll have your back. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, solid guy. He uh, he mentioned, so I'll, I'll repeat it because he mentioned it in, in a recording, um, 250 to 275 transitions a year. Okay. So okay. Yeah. So tens of thousands, maybe. I know I've been doing it 25, 30 years, whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And there's a lot of resources out there, man. I don't, you know, I'm, but, but certain Scott is certainly a good one. Um, uh, so here's the tough one, Brandon. Is there anything that you would change the way this move happened? And you had, uh, we had talked about this. It really went very smooth because I was a bit, uh, I, I mean, I, I prepared. I really prepared. Uh, and I think a few things, you know, have confidence in, in, in yourself and trust in your growth. Uh, they're ultimately I was uh, discerning about who I brought over. You know, you start your career, maybe you have some more transactional relationships. I didn't want to bring those. I wanted to bring my real financial planning relationships, but there were some people that, you know, obviously we took good care of their families, but, but, they viewed us as more of a transactional advisor. They had some money with us. And did I need to bring those people over? Not really, but I did it because I was afraid to lose the revenue. But what ended up happening is I, I continued to grow my practice meaningfully when I came over. So I didn't I didn't need that revenue. But you know, it's not as if uh it, you know, those transactional relationships take a ton of my time. I mean, I would say 98% of my clients they're here for a real financial planning relationship. Um, the second thing I did a pretty good job of, which is don't tell anybody. Um, you Look, if you have a spouse, you're going to want to communicate it to them because they're going to know and they're going to want to understand why you're so stressed. Uh, obviously, I did not tell any clients. Uh, I, you're not able to do that. And again, like we didn't screw around in, in that regard. Um, you know, I... I, I maybe told a couple good friends uh it didn't get out but just be very very careful with who you tell and we did not tell any clients but i've heard of stories where people do tell their clients i think you're asking for trouble and again um if your clients really have confidence in you they'll they'll come with you and they'll understand why you couldn't tell them before the move, if you explain it to them, say, hey, you know, I don't mean this to be out of the blue, but here are the rules and regulations of my industry. I'm never going to do anything to sacrifice my good standing with regulators because I have to make sure I can be a good advisor to you. And that means I am an advisor, right? So I can't do anything to jeopardize, you know, my legal standing in, in this profession. So they'll understand that. But, you know, those are the things I would have been maybe more mindful of, but yeah. none of it really uh, derailed my success. I, you know, I like to, and I, I go back to this pretty often in these types of conversations is the fiduciary responsibility, especially as a CFP yeah. uh, that comes with your role in that relationship is always the perfect reason if change has to happen. Yes. But when you're communicating that after the fact with clients, I couldn't tell you about it legally. Yeah. But because I'm a fiduciary, this is the best place for you. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And we talked about in the long term why I felt it was better for them. And I stressed it wasn't about me. Um, look, I and the first thing I I I stressed is uh, you know, I'm just going back to those conversations at this point a year and a half ago, more investment flexibility. 
was obviously a very big one. And I think, look, we were at a firm that generally allowed us, like we had independence with our investments. Yeah, there were a few investments I wanted to choose that we couldn't, and I did talk about that, but they were a, they were and are a publicly traded company. So we did not fully control our own destiny. They may have made decisions in the future based on their profitability that may be adverse to the client, and we wouldn't have had a say in the matter. We right. mitigate that risk significantly. Uh, you know, Claro is a privately held company. We don't have shareholders. So, you know, the challenge is when they're publicly traded, you can't fully control what is allowed for your clients. So I said, look, part of this is me having your back over what might happen in five or 10 years. Yeah, that's awesome. Brandon, I love hearing your story, man, especially given the the length of time you and I have been knowing each other and where were you, where you were in your career when I met you. So it's just, it's so fun to watch you grow as a professional as well. Yep. Um, uh, do you mind acting as a resource? We've got some listeners who are like, hey, Claro sounds interesting, or Brandon's a good guy to talk to. Yeah, um, absolutely. What's the, what's the easiest way to get a hold of you? Uh, you know, my email, uh, bfink at claroadvisors.com. Uh, you know, you could just uh, pop me in Google. My profile pops right up. You know, you'll find my email, telephone number, and uh, always happy to help. Awesome. Brandon Fink, my friend, uh, thank you for being a guest. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day and sharing your story. It's a good one for sure. You've had a lot of success. Um, thanks for being here. Always appreciate it. Got it. Everybody that's listening, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day. We appreciate that. That's a precious resource. And as I like to brag about, we don't make money on this. We're not trying to make money on this. What we're trying to do is help this industry go, I think, where the most pure client relationships are. And that's in an independent side of the industry. And so uh, thanks to guys like Brandon who share their experience. Um, we like to bring good advice and confidence. Probably not advice, just good confidence for making that move if you're thinking about it. Now, because we're not paying for advertising and having sponsorship dollars, we need you to share this if we're going to get the word out. So if you know any advisors that you know, three, four years ago where Brandon was, if they're there today, please share REA Collective with them. we got a lot of good episodes from uh, breakaway attorneys, great advisors who have made the move, heads of RIAs. And uh, thanks once more to my friend Brandon Fink for being here and for you for listening. You've just listened to another episode of RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven. For more information, visit riacollective.com. Now, have a great day.